This is the second segment of Michael Ellis's lecture on his system of dog training. This will be a continuing series that will go on for the next couple of weeks. So we have one word or sound that precedes every reward we give our dog. It is inherently a release for our dog. So when I use my reward marker, the dog can stop doing whatever he was doing and access a reward. My dog's over there, I say down, he downs. I say yes, he's gonna jump up and come to access a reward. I'm healing with my dog, I say yes, he's gonna spring out of position and go, give me my toy, right? So it's a release. We have a second word or sound that means, I like what you're doing, keep doing it. So I say good, but again, it doesn't make any difference what word you use. I use good because we sort of preload this word at home. When you live with your dog, when I'm petting him, I say, oh, you're a good boy. And when I'm feeding him, I say, good boy. And pretty soon he knows good means he did something well. It's the equivalent of verbal praise. It's my way of telling the dog he's right without releasing him from his behavior. And we use the second word or sound when we're working on either duration in a behavior or linking multiple behaviors together without releasing the dog from one of the component pieces. So once my dog's conditioned to his, you're a good boy sound, whatever it is, he knows that that means you're good. We'll talk about the first thing, duration. What happens when I initially teach a behavior, most of our obedience behaviors, they're actions. So if I take sit, down, stand, come to heel, look at me, these are all physical actions on the dog's part. What we want to do when we first teach the dog these behaviors is reward the dog as close as possible to the completion of the action. We want to highlight the fact that it was the action that got the dog the reward. So if I'm teaching my dog to sit, my dog's butt hits the ground, I say, yes, he gets a reward. My dog's butt hits the ground, yes, he gets a reward. Right? I'm pinpointing the action of putting your rear end on the ground, and that's what's getting you a reward. As we progress in our training and my dog starts to sit well, the dog figures out through, through, through that process that the faster he sits, the faster he gets rewarded, so he starts to sit more quickly, everything is smoother, he, gets a, he really understands what his job is. As we progress, of course, I'm going to hit a spot where I don't want the dog to sit and then jump right back up again to access his reward. I want him to actually hold the behavior for a second or two. Duration. We're starting to work on duration. And this is where our second sound comes in. So I say sit, my dog sits, I say good, good. They hold it for a couple of seconds, yes, they're released and rewarded. You can do the same thing with a focus command. I teach my dog, watch, my dog looks at me, yes, reward. Watch, my dog looks at me, yes, reward. I do that a hundred times. Now every time I say watch, my dog looks straight at me. Now I want my dog to hold that behavior, so I say watch, the dog looks at me, good, good. They hold it for a couple of seconds, yes, they're rewarded or whatever, right? So the first place we use our second sound is during duration. When we're building duration in our behavior, we want to give the dog feedback without releasing the dog. The second place we use it is when we're linking multiple behaviors together and we want to give the dog feedback on one of the intermediate pieces. So a lot of what we do in competitive obedience is break complicated behavior chains down into their component pieces, teach those pieces separately, and then bring those pieces together for a finished product. Like, competitive healing is way too complicated behavior to try to teach the whole thing at once. So we teach a focal piece. Where do you want the dog to look when he heals? We teach a position piece. Where's heel position and how do you get there? And then we teach the skills of moving in heel position. How do you maintain that position as I go forward, backwards, turn left, turn right? These are all different physical skills for the dog. So we tend to, the good competitive trainers tend to teach these things separately and then bring them together. 
So I may put my dog's focus on a command. Watch, he looks at me, rewarded. Watch, he looks at me, yes, reward. And we do that repeatedly. Separately, I'm teaching my dog to come to heel. Heel, my dog gets here, yes, reward. Heel, my dog gets here, yes, reward. Now I want to put those two pieces together. I would say, heel, my dog gets here, good. Watch, my dog looks up at me, yes, reward. So I'm giving the dog feedback, but not releasing the dog. There's an exercise you'll see this weekend that we uh, teach all of our dogs, regardless of the sport we're doing, or I do, and the people that tend to train with me do. And this, we call it a change of positions exercise. It ultimately was a ring sport exercise, uh, where you leave your dog at a distance, and you tell your dog to sit, down, stand, down, sit, stand, all in a different order. The dog knows each of those commands, sit down and stand, from each of the other positions. So your dog really has an understanding of the concept of stand. My dog can be in a sit and I tell him to stand and he'll stand. My dog can be in a down, I'll tell him to stand and he stands. So very useful skill to help the dog really understand each of the positions that we're gonna ask them to do. So we teach all of our dogs this. I teach pet dogs this if I'm working with them. It's just a good way to get the dogs to understand each of those positions. When we're initially doing that, we're, the dog's on what we call continuous reinforcement. Meaning I reward every single rep. Sit, yes reward. Down, yes reward. Stand, yes reward, etc. As the dog becomes fluent with these, I'm not going to want to reward every repetition. I'm going to want to reward the best repetitions or the ones I'm having difficulty with. But I still may be at an early stage in my training where I want to give the dog feedback for having been correct. So I might say, sit, good. Stand, good. Down, yes, or whatever, okay? The other place that we use our, our kind of your right signal, keep going signal, our good marker, is when we're working on stability in exercises. So what happens a lot is if I have a very motivated dog gets cranked up, those dogs frequently have a heart, an, what I call an external dog, a dog that fidgets and shakes and is jacked up and wants to go. Those dogs frequently have a hard time holding positions, sitting still, right? So when I see that in a young dog, I want to work a lot on what I call stability in the positions. So I might not release the dog out of the position when I'm teaching it as much with that kind of dog, because if I release the dog out of the position, I make them want to move more, and so they don't want to sit still. So I may struggle with that. So I want to work on stability in their positions. So that, I'll still use my, you were correct marker, but not releasing the dog, and I'll take the reward to the dog in place. So my dog might be over there and I say, sit, and I say, good, and I walk over to the dog and give the dog a piece of food in place. I walk back away. Good, I walk back over and reward the dog. We're paying stability in that position. So we use our, the, our good marker there. Sometimes the dog gets a reward, and sometimes it's just a signal that you were correct. Keep doing what you're doing, and you'll get a reward. Okay? So we have a word or sound that precedes every reward we give our dog. It's a release. I say yes, but it doesn't matter what it is. We have a word or sound that means I like what you're doing, keep doing it. We use it when we're working on stability, duration, or giving the dog feedback when we don't want to release the dog from a given behavior. And finally, we have a word or a sound that means you were wrong. And in the beginning of our training, it is a non-reinforcement marker, meaning it is not a signal for positive punishment, correction, whatever you want to call it, right? It is a signal that you were wrong, I'm going to withhold something that you want from you, and I'm going to ask you to do that behavior over again. And the reason that in the early stages of our obedience training, we don't punish the dog physically with a correction or social pressure for mistakes comes back to our active versus reactive dog thing. If I have a young dog and the dog's starting to learn something and they make a mistake and I give them a strong correction for making a mistake, they get careful. They get reactive. 
They no longer want to try new behaviors because new behaviors are potentially dangerous for them. They said, the last time I tried something, didn't work out so well for me. I'm not going to do that again. So they just sit there and wait for you to show them what you know. So corrections in the early stages of our work, especially for obedience behaviors, uh, not only have the potential of undermining my relationship with my dog, making him worried about me, afraid of me, that sort of thing, but I also have the potential of turning my active dog into a reactive dog. And one of the things that we want to keep intact in our young dogs when we're starting to train is the ability to make a mistake and try again. It's huge. I want my dog to say, oh, I know I made a mistake, you told me. I marked the moment you made the mistake, but I'll, let me try again, let me try again, let me try again, I'll get it right this time. That makes it much easier for us to train complicated behaviors if the dog's willing to keep trying to figure out what he needs to do. And if I shut the dog down early, I'm in trouble with that. So, and most of our obedience behaviors are not natural behaviors for the dog anyway, right? The things that we're asking the dog to do in, in out in the world, sit down, stand, heal, retrieve, uh, all of these various these various behaviors are basically neutral to the dog in the real world meaning they don't have they only have meaning because we supply it meaning I, I reward my dog for laying down when I ask him to lay down so that's the reward that's the part that makes it valuable to the dog right if I'm not supplying a reward for that downing doesn't really mean anything to the dog he lays down when he's tired but it doesn't really mean anything it's not rewarding or not rewarding for the dog so we supply meaning to those things we're going to end this part of the lecture here. Our next newsletters will be a continuation of this lecture from Michael Ellis.